It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the Brett Davis Podcast. Well, we're on uh, the second. We're doing a double header tonight. Uh, it's been a fascinating show. We went into Eastern medicine and anti-aging and matrix stuff. Very deep subject. And it's a great way to end the night. I'm very excited, of course, uh, to have Sean Kanan on the show, who I've been a fan of a long time. And I can't believe he looks exactly pretty much the same as he did. When I saw him in Karate Kid 3. Good lighting and a lot of Botox. Oh, I don't believe that. <laughs> and you've got a great book out that we want everybody to hear about. It's called Welcome to the Kumite. Yeah, Welcome to the Kumite. So Welcome to the Kumite is the sequel to uh, my third book, which is called Way of the Cobra. And the tagline for Welcome to the Kumite is conquer your greatest opponent, which of course is you. Wow. How, do you how do you conquer your greatest opponent? Well, you do that by experiencing a metaphoric death each day and emerging back as a better, stronger, wiser, kinder version of who you were yesterday. And kumite uh, is a traditional form of martial arts training to prepare you for combat, but kumite also uh, means an epic confrontation, an epic battle. And uh, that's, that's kind of the metaphor for the book, that you're in this, uh, this epic battle against yourself, always striving to become a better version. So this is not typically the way Western civilization thinks, is it? Um, well, you know, I think Western civilization is very much a nanosecond-driven uh, society that looks for instant gratification, um, you know, uh, sort of hustling for dopamine. <laughs> um, and you're, you're right. And, um, you know, one of the biggest points that I make in the book is if you build a bulletproof process for anything that you do, you can stay out of the results and trust the results are going to come. And it doesn't matter what you use the process for. For instance, I mean, if I asked you what you do to prepare to drive a car, it's probably about 99.9% .9 the same as what I do, right? We get out of the car, we unlock it, we get in, check the mirrors, put the seatbelt on, 
you know, maybe put the nav in and we go in reverse and drive and, and follow the street signs. And we don't worry about whether or not we're going to get to our destination. We expect that we're going to get there. Yeah. Well, if you, that's because you've built a bulletproof process for when you drive a car. Now, of course, you know, obstacles and curveballs happen. But if, if you build a process for anything that, that works and you apply it effectively and consistency, with consistency, the results are going to come. And, you know, uh, what the book, a lot of the book is about is uh, utilizing the philosophy of Kaizen, which is a Japanese philosophy that became um, very prevalent after World War II when General MacArthur, Douglas MacArthur, uh, and a guy named Edward Demings were trying to reinvigorate the Japanese uh, in, industrial base because it, it had been completely uh, uh, eradicated uh, from World War II. And the premise of Kaizen is really simple. It's, it's slow and steady and consistent improvement. And the philosophy is that over the long haul, that's more effective and gains better results than kind of the grip it and rip it swing for the fences type thing. I mean, there's definitely a time and a place for swinging for the fences, but with most things, if you, if you commit to improving slowly and incrementally, but consistently, the results will not only appear, but they'll be greater than if you kind of swing for the fences all the time. Probably becomes more in your DNA. Well, I mean, it's funny you talk about DNA because in my first book, Way of the Cobra, I say, look, there's, there's two things that you have to do if you want to be successful. And the very first one is that you have to accept that your life is your fault. You have to accept responsibility for where you are in your life is the, the sum total of your habits and all the choices that you've made. But the second thing is that you have to accept that the universe wants you to win. And how do I know that? Well, it's, it's ingrained in our DNA to survive. I mean, how does a baby know not to breathe when its head goes under the water? You know, why have homo sapiens for 200,000 years were not the apex predators? They were running away from saber-toothed tigers. And those ferocious felines are a footnote in anthropology books. And we're still here. And it's because it's, it's ingrained from birth in us to, you know, adapt and overcome and win. It's very interesting. Um, it's like a dog before they lay down, they, they walk in a circle, a small circle, and then they lay down. Yeah, does that usually before she pees on the carpet. <laughs> By the way, I just got a new carpet and we're taking bets on how long it takes before she pees on it. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now and like it's beautiful and it's new. It looks wonderful. And I'm just imagining it probably got about 24 hours of this. So you uh, you sound like a historian. You almost, I feel like I'm I love yeah. It comes, it comes across the passion, the wisdom. Uh, you seem like a very old soul. You don't seem like somebody that is young as you are. You sound like you've been lived a thousand years already or more. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm 56 years old. So oh, you, uh, look, you look, phenom you. you look phenomenal. Thank you. But, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I tell everybody when they read my books, before you think that I'm levitating three feet above the ground on top of a mountain in Kathmandu, it's because I've made every mistake in the book 12 times. Okay, I am a guy that has just banged his head against the wall until finally I learned a few things. And, you know, in these books, if I can point out some of the traps and the pitfalls, um, there's a quote and I'm probably going to get it wrong, but it's something to the effect of, you know, somebody who's really wise uh, doesn't learn from their own mistakes. They learn from the mistakes of others so they don't have to make them. 
Now, I don't know if I, I agree with that 100%. I think there is definitely something to be said for making your own mistakes because you learn maybe a little more deeply and it, and it stays with you. But there definitely are some mistakes that I think I probably could have um, learned from other people's experiences and not had to you know, encounter them myself. So with that being said, what's your thing? What's your thoughts on? Uh, because sometimes mistakes sometimes take us to areas we normally wouldn't go, mm -hmm. and could be life changing in a, in a positive way. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, you're familiar with the story of the Chinese farmer. We shall see. No, you, you don't know that story. No. So there was a Chinese farmer. He was well into his seventh decade. He lived with his uh, one son and his one horse. And he was known as a man of wisdom throughout the provinces. And one day his one horse ran away and his neighbor said, what bad luck? And the farmer said, we shall see. And the very next day, the horse comes running back at the head of six other wild Mustangs right into the corral. And the neighbor says, what good luck. Now you can ply your fields in a, a, a fraction of the time. And the farmer thought about it and said, we shall see. And the next day, his son went out to go break one of the wild Mustangs and he was thrown to the ground, broke his leg, which was a life threatening injury at the time. And the neighbor said, what bad luck? And the farmer said, we shall see. And the next day, the local warlord came at the head of 100 men to conscript all the other young men to go fight in some distant province. But the farmer's son couldn't fight because he had a broken leg. The neighbor said, what good luck? And the farmer said, we shall see. The point of it is that very often, what seems like a negative or catastrophic event in the moment with the expansion of time often proves to be very beneficial. Um, I use the analogy of um, my getting divorced about 25 years ago. It was a, a soul crushing um, you know, crisis of conscience for me. And had that not happened, it wouldn't have opened me up to marry my wife, Michelle, who's my soulmate. And, you know, I, you know, just, it's, it's fantastic. And had I not assigned a negative story to that circumstance, I could have saved myself a lot of pain and suffering. And so, you know, human beings, um, we're largely governed by the stories we tell ourselves. And the stories are just usually excuses and rationalizations for the things that happen in our lives. But unfortunately, humans are really bad historians. You know, we all, we all create stories based on what we see through a prism with a thousand different facets that are unique to each of us, right? And so if we agree that we're really bad historians, why not at least create stories that empower ourselves than disempower ourselves? So I'm a big proponent of taking the stories in your life that you maybe have been um, carrying around that are disempowering you and learning how to reframe them and have those stories serve you and there's there's one other great story i'll tell you I, it's not mine but it's a, it's a really by the way i like the story about the horse and, oh uh, about the farmer yeah that's a good one right so that's there's a, a there's a there's a journalist and she's uh sitting on the ground next to a homeless guy in skid row she's doing an article and she says how is it that you came to this place in your life and he said well you know i had a, i had a father who could never keep a job he drank whiskey day after day Year after year, he beat me and he beat my twin brother. He said, how else would I have grown up besides being, uh, you know, a bum and losing everything? And she was so intrigued by this that she decided that she wanted to go find the homeless man's twin and see what he what became him. And so with a lot of work and a lot of research, she found out where the twin lived. And it wasn't at all what 
she expected. Um, she, he was living in a, a beautiful, large house. He was a doctor, a wonderful family. And she said, how is it that you didn't wind up being an alcoholic like your father? And he said, you know, with a father like that, I vowed that I'd never drink alcohol. So you have two people, exact same set of circumstances, very different stories attached, very different outcomes. So you've been in martial arts for uh, since you were probably a young, young man, young boy. Mm-hmm. How much has martial arts uh, played in the philosophy of what you're talking about? It's, it's played tremendously um, regarding the book. I mean, the book is structured that I'm the sensei. You're a student in my dojo, uh, the dojo of Cobra life. And Cobra is an acronym. It's formed from the words character, optimization, balance, respect, and abundance. And the chapters are divided into belts. So you go from uh, white belt to black belt. And then, of course, once you start walking to the Kumite, which is the sequel, you once, you once again become, oh, I'm sorry, you once again become a white belt. But, you know, what, what, I, what I illustrate is that even though you're starting at the beginning again, um, you're no longer starting at the beginning as a beginner. And, uh, um, again, that book is also divided the same way the chapters are divided into belts. What kind of education, uh, other than life, traditional education have you had um in high school i did two years of public school and then i did two years at a um a pretty prestigious boarding school uh i i graduated uh in 1985 i went to school at the boss at boston university uh began my political science degree and i wanted to i knew i wanted to pursue acting and then i had to go to los angeles or new york um, and I figured it was easier to starve or it was warm. So I went to Los Angeles <laughs> and I uh, finished my political science degree at UCLA. So you did finish, you got a bachelor's degree in poli sci. I did indeed. Good job. Thank you. I mean, I'm not saying that that, um, because no, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, you know, I had gotten karate kid three before I graduated college and I very easily could have. Sure. Point in my life, I, I very easily could have said, "Hey, listen, you know, I'm about to start a big studio movie. What do I need to finish college for?" And you know, I came from a family where my dad went to um, Wharton and well, I went to Brown and Wharton. So I mean, sure. you know, education was real important in my family, and I, I really thank God <clears throat> that I I had parents who both insisted that I finish college, and it was one of the best things I ever did. So with um, this wisdom and knowledge of life experiences and martial arts and a good solid foundation of education, are you doing any classes, teaching any classes or lectures uh, yeah. on philosophy and the book? I'm doing a lot of that. Uh, I spoke yesterday at USC. Uh, I was uh, a guest of the Speak to Lead organization, which is the premier speaking organization at USC. That was a, a, a whole lot of fun. Um, I have a really vibrant um, one-on-one uh, coaching business. I love coaching people. It is absolutely, um, you know, it, it, it's like a way of drawing energy. Um, I love to inspire my clients and I get inspired by them. Uh, I love speaking to large groups. I love speaking to small groups. Um, so yeah, that's, that's something that I'm really, uh, very, very passionate about. Well, I worked a lot. I've met a lot of people through the years, just like you probably have, and we're, we're close to the age, except you look like my son, even though we're closer in age, you look like you're my, could be my son. I'm and I'm your father. 
Uh, you could probably played me in another movie and you were bald, but look, well, I see the photo, so you have it. <laughs> but you come across as somebody that uh, I've worked with a lot of coaches through the years myself, but you come across as that guy that could uh, sway a room into thinking and living a way that, uh, of course, this amazing book that you just came out with uh, could be beneficial. But having you be able to share that book with a live audience, uh, how impactive that be yeah i mean look you know i when i wrote the books and i decided i was going to elevate myself to the position of being a sensei a teacher i realized that you know i had to create a bond with my readers and the best way of doing that is to share my shortcomings my faults my foibles um and and not speak down to them but speak as somebody who has experienced you know, uh, you know, like like the Rolling Stones say, my my moments of doubt and pain. You know, and uh, um, I think in doing that, it humanizes me. And it's not so much that that what I'm saying in my books is stuff that you probably haven't heard. And I even say, I say in the beginning of Way of the Cobra, I say I've got good news and bad news. And I said, you know, first the bad news is I don't have the answer. I don't have a secret that I'm going to give you that's going to turn you into this uber successful beast that you want to become. But here's the good news. It's like the Zen riddle. How did the ship get in the bottle? It was always there. Everything that you need is within you. I'm just going to help you rediscover it and get in touch with it. And a lot of times it's it's not even the message. It's the messenger. You know, it, I equate it to, you know, when you're like, 15 and 16 and you, you've got that tension with your father and it doesn't matter <laughs> if they're giving you really good advice you just right. can't hear it because you're in that that crazy young man sure anger thing and uh, a lot of you know mark twain said what did he say he said i was he said i was amazed at how little my father knew when i was 16 and by the time i was 25 i was amazed at how much he had learned in those few years and uh you know it's true it's it's uh sometimes it's the messenger who's able to uh, finally convey the message and have it sink in so people of all ages can learn something there's nuggets in this book that we can individuals no matter what the age is that yeah. it's not over yet there's things people still can do to improve absolutely well, i think i think you know if you're a successful human you constantly remain a student you constantly are doing um, self-diagnostics to increase your self-awareness, you know, to grow as a person and ultimately to pass it on to help others, other people do the same. I mean, I'm a firm believer that, you know, we're all, we're all like, uh, um, threads woven into this huge tapestry that is, is the universe that's us and we are all bound to each other and you know the more we help ourselves and grow and learn the more we can help other people and it's kind of like it's kind of like the force in star wars you know when you put good stuff out there into the force the force gets stronger and when you don't the force wanes is that kind of like karma um yeah i think it is i think it is like karma look there i i believe in in the universal laws there are universal laws i think there's 12 of them at least there's 12 that i talk about in Welcome to the Kumite, you know, the most, the most uh, popular one is the law of attraction. It's got the best publicist, but you know, there's, there's other laws like the law of vibration, uh, which I think is something that's really, really interesting. You know, only with magnets do opposites attract. 
uh, other than that in the universe, like attracts like. And if you are living a life of gratitude and abundance and wealth, that's what you're going to attract. And if you're living a life of, you know, always thinking the grass is greener somewhere else and living in envy and from a place of scarcity, the universe thinks that's what you want and it gives you more of it. And I, yeah. firmly, I firmly believe that, you know, there, there's a, somebody told me this once when they were trying to teach this to me, they said, if you don't believe me, Next time you're walking down the street, look at a complete stranger and just smile at them. Just <laughs> smile at them. I was like, all right, I'm going to try it. And so I'm walking down the street and I see a guy who was definitely not having a real big day. And I just looked at him. I just I smiled at him. And he looked at me like I was out of my tree, right? And he looked at me for a minute and they looked at me and then he started smiling. And it completely changed his dynamic. And it's true. It, you know, I, what I was giving him, I changed his vibration with my vibration. And I know it sounds kind of woo-woo and all that stuff, but there oh. really is something to it. There are universal laws. And I, I talk a lot about in the book that, you know, there have been lies that have been foisted on us. And one of the biggest lies is that life is fair. Life isn't fair. Life isn't unfair. Life is just life. It's, 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 uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't have a, it doesn't have a dog in the hunt. Life just is what life is. And we have no control over it. And frankly, the only thing that we do have control over is our emotional responses to external stimuli, how we choose to respond to any given event. You can't control other people because, you know, whenever you try to assert your will on someone else, you have the exact opposite effect. They recoil from you. You know what I mean? The sure. more you you know, that we th you know, think of it as, you know, it, the, the best thing I could think of is, you know, Pepe Le Pew. And he's got that cat that he loves. And the more he grabs the cat, the more the cat's just trying to get sure. away from him. And Good that's what it is. And, you know, when you learn to allow things to come to you, and that doesn't mean not working your ass off for things. But, you know, when you stop trying to control things and get a little zen with it, boy, the world opens up to you. And it, and it, and it, and it rains blessings on you. I believe that I've seen it in my well, own life. You've, you've lived it. So what period of, of time in your life did that happen where you said, you got, thought, of, I've tried and I've pushed. Yeah. I needed to stop and allow what's going to happen. I'm doing all the right stuff. And now I'm going to just let it come to me. When did that happen? Well, you know, a lot of this change in my life happened a little after my 50th birthday. Um, I, I had a pretty wild 50 50th birthday I, I received a star on the uh, palm springs walk of fame i had a birthday huge birthday party that lasted about five days oh my gosh it was out there and you know after the smoke had cleared and after the hangover had subsided you know i kind of looked in the mirror and was like what's next what's my next act here you know and i was i felt kind of like a fraud i mean i was i was about 40 pounds overweight i had no prospects for acting work and i was definitely engaging with some old demons uh more frequently than i probably would like to admit and i i decided i needed to start doing some things very differently very quickly because i was rapidly slipping into mediocrity um and i decided that there was going to be no more of this waiting for my ship to come in i decided i was going to build the damn ship i just had to figure out how to do it and the philosophy and the strategies that I used to do that, to turn my life around, to build it back from the bottom up, that's what's in the books. And I know the stuff works. Um, uh, you know, if, if you work it, what is the information in my book will change your life.
period. I'm, ex- I'm excited. Uh, I read a book a week. <laughs> wow. I, 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 I typically do. I read pretty quick. Um, but I would love to. I look forward to getting the book and reading yep. it. Yeah. yeah so I, hope, uh, I hope you'll read the, the first one first. I hope you'll read uh, Way the oh, really? first and then read Welcome to the Kumite. Yeah. yeah. That's what you suggest. Yep. Okay. Yeah, you'll definitely read it within a week. It's, it's a great book. It's cheeky, you know, it'll make you smile. Um, you know, it's, it's not preachy. It's, it's like talking to me. It's conversational. Well, I think it's more relatable yeah. because when you're, when you're, when you come to people with um, genuine, like you care and it's real. Yeah. And, and it, it, I think it, it, it hits people more effectively. And I think you were, you're wise enough to realize that. Yeah. You know, uh, when I spoke, yesterday at uh, USC and I spoke uh-huh. to young kids. That's a really good litmus test because, you know, young kids have a fantastic bullshit meter and they, <laughs> they do. They really can tell if you're, you know, selling them snake oil or if you're connecting with them. And it was funny. I, I took a chance in my speech and I said a few things on a college campus that I wasn't sure if it was going to go over well. And I said, look, I said, It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at Midi understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and Midi can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Make no mistake about it. Winning matters. I said, you know, there's a whole movement in society right now that, that winning is somehow non-inclusive. And I said, you know, there's, there's some truth to that because there are, you know, the, the vast group of people that are not winning in life is way more inclusive than the people that are crushing their goals and, and becoming, you know, better versions of themselves. So yeah, I suppose that's true. But I said, you know, you get out in the real world and nobody really cares about ninth place trophies and participation ribbons. Okay. I said, you know, average and mediocrity is not rewarded in society. And I, I knew I was taking a chance saying this to college kids and I was sure. really curious how they were going to receive it. And I saw the kids just going, yeah, yeah, they get it. You know, p- you know, people understand that intrinsically, there is a value to winning, not winning in the sense where for me to win, you have to lose, but for me to win against myself. And, and I think when you do it in that kind of way, in a way where you're not, you know, shaming other people to win, but, you know, showing them that there is a difference between winning and not winning. And, and look, if you do your best, that's great. Okay. But, and you don't win every time and I've lost many times, but you know, to, to not differentiate between winning and losing, that ain't what's going to cure cancer. You know what I mean? That's not going to solve the homeless problem. Okay. That's called communism. 
And that sounds like another, another uh, possible podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Very well, maybe. Politics are one of my history and politics are one of my favorite subjects. We probably, you and I could probably have uh, a good uh, conversation on a lot of topics. Uh, yeah. So tell me about your career, what's going on, because I mean, I, I hear this wise old sage uh, and this young man that I'm looking at. You're not your age, of course, uh, but you have all this wisdom. But how have you uh, because when you were in Palm Springs and you were at that area where you were 40 pounds around 40 pounds overweight, and you were reflecting, um, have you gotten your career in an area that you never even imagined at that point where you I were? That? You know, I, you know, when I, when I started putting all this stuff in motion, you know, 2020 was a very difficult year for many, many people. And I hesitate to say this because, uh, you know, I, I had probably the best year of my career in 2020. Um, it started off with me doing back-to-back films with Bruce Willis in uh, uh, Puerto Rico. And then I came back to the States and I, uh, I did a film for lifetime. I did Cobra Kai. Um, I got my return to my role of Deacon Sharp on the bold and the beautiful, which I, I started in, I think 2000, uh, for a contract role. Um, uh, what else happened? I think 2020 is why I won the Emmy in 2020. Um, I show a good year. It's a pretty good year. Yeah. Very good year. And I was like, wow, if I had just done this stuff sooner, you know, maybe this could have, but you know, everything happens when it's meant to happen. I mean, uh, you know, I, I got it together when I decided I was going to get it together. And so, you know, things are great now. Um, um, I'm on bold and the beautiful. It's the uh, number one daytime show in the world. Um, bold and the beautiful is the number one daytime show in the world. Yes. That's yeah. amazing. Syndicated in I think 40 countries. Um, yeah, so that's that's amazing to be a part of that. We uh, just see forty a- different languages. <laughs> <laughs> I speak I speak a couple, but not forty. But uh, <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see. I want to have a I want to have a, a beer with you. If you don't know right. beer, and right. I want to see. I want to see really quick clips. Yeah, you can see them. I, I mean, everything from Polish to right. I, you know everything. So. Now, let's, tell us about the movies with Bruce Willis, because I wasn't aware about the, the, the movies with Bruce Willis. But um, what movies were they? Uh, I did a film called Survive the Game with Bruce Willis and uh, uh, Chad Michael Murray. Uh, and then I, I came back to the States and it was the same director doing another movie with Bruce. They were doing three movies with Bruce in Puerto Rico. And he called me and said, come on back. We're going to put you in the next one. And I was like, oh, oh. God, amazing. Uh, and so I did uh, a film called the Fortress. I saw that movie. Oh, you saw it? I didn't know you were in it. Yeah, I was one of the. I, was I saw it a while back. I'm gonna watch the movie. I have the movie at home. Yeah, I was I was one of the lead mercs. Um, uh, in, in in Survive the Game, I had a mohawk. You can't miss me. And then uh, I, I went back, and my hair had grown in, and um, I did Survive the Game, and then I did uh, the Fortress. Um, and uh, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was bittersweet. I mean, um, you know, it was, it was pretty evident that Bruce was having a lot of difficulty. I heard that. Uh, you know, I mean, I had grown up watching him and was a sure. Um, you know, um, uh, it was hard for, for him. You could see that. God bless him and his family. Um, great guy. Those yeah. movies you're talking about. I mean, uh, typically, what are they about? 
how long were they like a month long to make? And were they pretty quick movies, right? Um, I, I was there for a couple of weeks. I mean, I didn't have huge role. I had supporting roles in each of them. So I think they, they shot them really quickly. Right. Uh, they, I think they, they probably uh, filmed each one for a month. Yeah. And I was there for probably like 12, 13 days on each one. So out of all the acting that you've done so far, what has been your favorite role? That's a tough one. Um, I would say it's a toss up between playing Deacon Sharp in The Bold and the Beautiful and probably playing Sam Stevens on Studio City, which is the, uh, the show that I created uh, uh, with my, my writing partner uh, for that, Jason Antignoli. And, um, you know, Sam is, uh, Sam is kind of like me about 10 years ago. Um, you know, <laughs> the, the story is about uh, Sam Stevens, who plays Dr. Pierce Hartley on the number two soap opera in the world, Hearts on Fire. And he's an aging soap star. And he's a guy that is is he's a, he's a good guy, but he can't get out of his own way. And he's still figuring a lot of stuff out. And he's got a multitude of flaws. And, um, you know, the show is intermittently funny and heartbreaking and uh, it's got a very unique shooting style. If you haven't seen it, I would I really encourage you to see it. Uh, we got nominated for um, 19 Emmys, I believe, wow. in our first, I don't know, 19 Emmys total. And we won three or four. Um, and uh, You're an amazing human being. <laughs> I have all these women all of a sudden we, I, that you can't see, but they've come into the studio once they heard that you're on the podcast. I have women coming in and everybody's like pining around the screen watching you right now. Uh, do you girl, do you recognize him from, uh, from yes. the bold and the beautiful? Yes, sir. Yeah. There's that now. Is that why you came up to see the, because you heard he was going to, because of yeah, that movie? Him, not you. Oh, well, I don't, I, I'm, I'm just a messenger. I don't expect anybody to see me. Uh, you can say hi from where you're hi. at. How are you? Hi. So all these, uh, so you have a huge fan base. You probably have people you know, come I, up to I, I, I daily everywhere, don't you? Everybody comes up to see you. No, 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 no. But, you know, I've always, I always joked that if I have one talent in life, I am really good at grabbing coattails bigger than me. <laughs> I, I was going to be, it's to be hot. <laughs> but, like, you know, getting on General Hospital was was really great. And then getting on Bold and the Beautiful, really great. Getting on Cobra Kai, the number one show. Cobra Kai! Cobra Kai. Yes, Cobra Kai. Like, do you, uh... So this is, like, totally, uh... Oh, oh wow there they are so they uh they broke through security now how did you get here did you go through the window or no, I, I own... oh, they, oh she owns a building i'm sorry are you are you guys sisters oh i wish you look like sisters well so how are you are you good i'm great I, well actually I'm, I'm really good I'm, I'm kind of a little fluish right now if i'm being really honest and probably have a little Still bit around. of a, a, a NyQuil hangover. Um, my you, wife, look, you look phenomenal. You I would never guess that you're, that you're sick. So, so uh, what's the what's been the most unusual thing in your career and since uh, since you've been doing this number one show on Netflix that everybody's just talking about? Yes, sir. <clears throat> what's been the most unusual? Thing? Has anybody come up to you and said, "Oh my God, uh, you look younger in person," or does anybody come up and said? Uh, I mean, just, I'm sure you probably get a lot of weird off the wall, but what one thing comes to mind that may, and a positive? You know, to be honest, you know, you know, my life in Los Angeles is really normal. Good. Uh, you know, I, first of all, there's, you know, actors all over the place in LA, so people don't really care, but my <laughs> that's, life. That's, I, that's I, true. 
very, very normal life in Los Angeles, which is great. You know, every now and then I get to do something that's kind of unique and, and interesting. Um, I heard a, a, a police officer describe their life and they said, my life is lots and lots of boredom punctuated by occasional chaotic, you know, crazy, interesting stuff. Um, and that, I guess that's kind of how mine is. Um, you know, I, I got to do Dancing with the Stars in Italy. That was a, a pretty amazing. Wow. Movie. That was pretty incredible. You did probably very well. Um, I lasted nine weeks. You did very well because you're very athletic and you're, I, I already know you're, a, you can do anything athletic. I, I did okay. Um, I, I got out right at the point where it started getting really hard though. I mean, you know, I'd never had any dance experience at all. And it was, um, and I had to do it in Italian too. Wow. So, yeah. And I didn't speak Italian very well at the time. I, I do now. I, I speak almost fluent Italian now. But at the time, which was 15 years ago, I didn't. Um, and, and so that made it harder. Um, you know, I think, honestly, the, the most incredible thing that's happened in my career is that once I kind of made these changes in my life, seeing how I was treated differently in the business you know, I always, I always sort of felt like uh, Rodney Dangerfield. Like, I don't, you know, I don't get any respect. And then I, well, the reason was because I wasn't acting in a way that really merited getting any respect. And then once I started, you know, living my life with integrity and character and all of that stuff, I was amazed at how people started treating me the way that I always wanted to be treated, you know? So for me, that's, that's the biggest, craziest thing that's ever happened. And it's not really crazy at all. It makes perfect sense. It almost sounds like welcome to the Kumite. Kumite. Exactly. It sounds like there's a, 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 a correlate. There's a relationship yeah. with what yeah. you just said in the book. Am I correct? Indeed. Yes, there is. I'm so, I'm so excited to read your books. I love, oh, I, love I, I really want to hear what you think about it. And uh, you know, we had mentioned possibly uh, uh, doing an event together that you would uh, you know, that you would moderate. And I think after you read the books, I, I, I think you'll be on board. I hope so. Well, I already am on board because um, I surround myself with really good. I, I'm around a lot of people that are, uh, about education and about the, the, the greater good. Yeah. Uh, people are trying to do more for society than just take. Yeah. They want to help people. Yeah. Uh, I know there's a lot of, and you're, you're a poli sci major. There's a lot of political uproar going on in the world right now, not just in the United States. Yes. And uh, I try to focus more on the, on the things that we need to do to help each other. And it's yeah. okay for us to disagree. It's okay yeah. to be different. But we, can, we can do it civilly. And that's what we need. And that's what we need to get back to, isn't it? Now, this this group that you talked to the other day at USC was called Speak to Learn. Is that correct? Uh, it was called uh, Speak to Lead. To Lead. So um, that younger generation, typically, I understand, uh, and I could be wrong. I have younger kids, but a lot of the younger generation seems. And, and I look at you, I feel because you look phenomenally young. But I mean, you look great. Uh, a lot of the younger generation seems. And you can correct me because you're more involved with a lot of the stuff you're talking about more than I am. A lot of the younger generation seems to be, if you don't agree with me, I can't be your friend and I don't want to talk. To you. Yeah. Is that, yeah. is that true? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's another thing I said to them. I, I was talking about what it takes to be successful. And I said, you know, while you're partying someone else's training, while you're being offended by what someone else has said that you don't agree with, someone else is growing and learning. And, you know, when you're sleeping in, someone else is is working out. And when you meet them, you will lose. And I said, you know, don't seek to be a victim. Don't seek to be offended all the time. If you're always looking to be offended, you'll find ways to be offended. 
you know, you, you know, get what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's that vibrational thing, you know, and uh, you know, pe people look for that confirmation bias, you know, they, they just want to hear a regurgitation of, of what they think and they don't like to hear. And then, you know, I also said to him, and I think this is true. Look, you're not going to change most people's opinion. Right. All right. So be judicious with whom you choose to get in the mud. Because, you know, uh, unless you're going to have a really civil, in-depth conversation with somebody where they're willing to learn and listen, um, they're just waiting for their turn to speak. And most likely they're going to wind up shouting over you anyway. Um, you know, I, I think one of the biggest problems is that we are all looking at each other as being monolithic. In other words, there's the left, the right, there's, um, you know, this group, that group. And human beings are not monolithic. We are, we are nanoshades of gray. You know, you've got conservatives that are pro-choice. You've got liberals that are pro-life because they're Catholic. I mean, there's not, you can't assign, you know, a completely binary value to any one group and you can't do it to people either. And when, when, you, when you start reducing people to, um, you know, these pigeonhole stereotypes, it breeds tribalism. And that is the most divisive thing there is. So social media have a lot to do with that? Yeah, it's got, it's got a whole lot to do with it. It does. I think people um, say a lot of stuff on social media that they certainly wouldn't say face-to-face uh, -face with people. Sure. Um, yeah, there's just a general lack of civility and compassion that I think uh, even when I was a kid was greater. And I, I'm sure when, you know, when my parents were kids was even greater yet. And... Um, I don't know. Um, you know, there's become such uh, a business of instigating divisiveness among people right. that uh, we we need to really figure this one out because, you know, people forget America is an experiment and it's a young experiment. Sure. About 250 years old. And there is no guarantee that this experiment is going to continue and progress and grow. You know, we have to be the stewards of it and take care of it, which means being good to each other. And you can disagree with somebody without character assassinating and eviscerating the core of who they are as a human being because you disagree with one opinion. I have to tell you, I have a lot of friends from, from different walks being in media, and there's always a respect. And I've had people on my podcast show, and I've had people say, why did you have them on? I said, because um, we're here to educate and learn about why they think the way they do. Yeah, It's not my place to tell people how to think. Uh, right. My place is just to, to to be the the messenger, which is not a very popular place to be. But how are we going to learn if we don't disagree? I mean, how are we going to learn to be able to be on the same planet? And there is only one race, and you're right; it's the human race. Human race, right? And and you know, it, it's mind-boggling to me when people want to shut down speech because they find it offensive. Well, that's what the First Amendment gives us the right to do. And you know, I think that we're all pretty smart. And I think that if you allow a lot of the opinions that, you know, people fear to be out in public, um, people understand and get it and will choose to either combat it with intelligent debate, but it doesn't need to be silenced out of, out of, you know, fear or anger. It needs to be debated down, not shut down. I got to tell you, I, uh, I get a lot out of this uh, podcast more than I even imagined. And what an honor Thank you. to have you uh, on, I'm going to say our show, because it is our show. 
and to be able to get the message out of what you're talking about. And what a wonderful uh, book that you have out right now for the right time. And I would highly recommend, are you going to do an audible version of this? Yeah, I am going to do an audible version uh, of both books. That is my goal. I, I actually started recording one and I just, you know, I didn't get the sound right. And I decided I was going to put that away and write the second book. So that's what I decided to do. Well, you know, I could do, I could do the talking part, even though you're the actor and I'm just teasing. No, I got to do my own talking. I gotta I'm just, I'm just, I'm just teasing you. But you know, I do, I do, I, I do, I do have to plug my, my, my appearance though for, uh, cause I'm going to be in your neck of the woods. I'm going to be at the Barnes and Noble in NC. Yeah. So I'm going to come, I'm going to come by and actually oh, please come by. That's going to be so great. If you come I, by, I would love I, to. Share I'm going to reschedule my, I'm going to see if we're in town and I'm going to see if we can get over there and, and support you. And my audience, uh, any, anybody in San Diego, um, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be really cool. Um, it's going to be Saturday at 2 p.m. So what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to I'm going to do a, a reading from the book. We're going to have a, a moderated interview and a Q&A. I'm going to I bring lots of fun swag and give stuff away and sign copies of the books. And it's it's a really great meet and greet intimate environment. And uh, they're a lot of fun. Um, I've done several Barnes and Nobles and they've been really big successes. So please come out Saturday. It's free. It's open to the public. You don't even have to buy a book if you don't want it. Well, uh, will you have a copy of the first book there, or do you? I mean, yes, there will, there, both books will be available. Well, good. So he, everybody that just uh, is tuning in, he highly recommends getting the first book, which was called uh, "Way of the Cobra," and then their new book is "Welcome to the Kumite." Welcome to the Kumite. Okay. Right on. So, uh, any last thing you would like to say to anybody, of course, before we take off, and you, you're going to go work out at the gym right now, right? <laughs> No, I'm well, actually, you know what? I did. I, I taught a, a self-defense seminar today to the uh, West Hollywood Sheriff's Department. Good and, for you. And I, Good uh, for you. That about killed me because we did board breaking and all sorts of fun stuff. And like I said, I'm kind of fluish today, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking it easy. Um, anything else I want to say? You know, I just really enjoyed um, that this was a really great conversation and, and I, we seem like we're kindred spirits and I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting to know you better, Brett. And I feel like, you know, we, we've known each other for a long time and I yeah. don't feel that way with everybody, but I think we're on the same page, but I think so. we really need to work with our youth. And I'm really concerned about what's going on with their, their uh, minds and all this depression and all this, uh, the things that are going on that these kids shouldn't be going through. Absolutely. Uh, they need, they need to take on a, a, a sport or a martial art of some type, I, I think would be the great, Probably the greatest medication that they could probably ever even think about taking. Yeah, I would agree. Cool. I agree. And um, listen, if you want to follow me, you can follow me at Sean.Kanan on Instagram uh, or, or uh, uh, at Sean Kanan on Twitter. And I, I keep my DMs on and I try and respond to as many people as mm -hmm. I can. And, um, you know, if, if you're interested in getting involved with my one-on-one -on -one coaching or have questions about the book, I'm happy to try and answer for you. Well, I'm excited, and, and we've got a lecture series coming up uh, with Lee Steinberg, the sports agent. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd love to talk to you more about that down sure. the road and see if maybe we could get you as one of our speakers. I think you would be phenomenal, think, and you'd hit it out of the park. I would Thank love you so much, Sean, for being Absolutely. on the show. Well, the 14th is Saturday, okay, Brett? You're amazing. Okay, everybody. Let's but, but, girls, it was a pleasure. Let's, oh my let's God, support so Sean. Let's support him and get the book. Welcome to the Kumitai. <laughs> Yeah, there's like a, there's like a line. First of all, let me tell everybody it's a line in there right now. This is not a book signing. He's not here. All right, well, I know what you guys look like now. So if I don't see you Saturday, oh, I'll be there. She won't. I'm
I guess all right. Them, you take care of my friend. All right, guys, take care. Thanks. Okay, okay everybody. What a, what a great Bye. guy. Highly recommend picking up the book. And I want to thank my sponsors, Dr. Melinda Silva, who's my partner in crime, Saquon Casino Resort and Spa, Attorney King, LaBella's Pizzeria in Chula Vista. We have a lot of new sponsors. Luli Lou Flowers. In Imperial Beach, I highly recommend her flowers. She's gonna. I, I give gifts. I give her flowers all the time. You're gonna be hearing more about Lulu Flowers. Alan Kinzel, one of the top real estate agents in Southern California. Garage Bonifacetta, uh, Marco. Thank you for what you do, and look forward to having Woman of the Year, an event we're gonna be putting on in San Diego. We're looking for the top 12 women of the year. Uh, send me the information at brettdavis2020 at yahoo.com. And our jeweler sponsor for that event is Mule Jewelers in Coronado, who's going to be making some beautiful necklaces and some types of jewelry that she's going to be putting together for the awards. Thank you for to Mule Jewelers. She works on all my jewelry, her and her mom. They do a phenomenal job. I highly recommend them, of course. Uh, you will be happy. They do even estimates of value what jewelry is so you got to check this place out it's in coronado on orange avenue uh the loan queen adriana gibbons thank you uh one of the best mortgage people i've ever worked with and i've done numerous uh, mortgages with her never had any snags uh, we got all these new support people that we uh are just come aboard recently and the show's growing like a weed all of our shows are growing uh marina teal also of ib fitness i have to say thank you to her for what she does with her show. Uh, does a phenomenal job. And thank you, Marina Thiel, who's a great leader. And you'll be hearing more about her lectures that she's going to be doing that she's not even aware about, aware of. And thank you to Sean Kane. And of course, welcome to Kumatai. And for everybody uh, out there, let's pick up the copy of that book. And everybody take care, be nice, and be like Reagan. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.